I, I, I want to welcome everybody to um, Puppy Tells, Raising a Guide Dog Puppy. I am Vicki Moss, and I'm a puppy raiser and a co-leader of our local puppy raising group in Reno. Our group, Ice for Tomorrow, has been in the Reno area in one form or the other since probably the late 60s. Um, so there have been puppy raising for guide dogs for the blind here a very, very long time. Um, back in the day, it was a 4-H group, and I don't know if you remember, but only, uh, initially only 4-H members could raise guide dogs for guide dogs for the blind and the seeing eye, but now everybody can raise. We currently have 28 active puppies in training. Number 29 is coming next week. Puppies currently range, currently range from 8 weeks to 16 months. We have currently have or have had all the variety of breeds and colors that guide dog breeds. Labs, we've had black, yellow, red, brindle, chocolate. Goldens, we've had goldens, golden crosses, uh, the half variety, the three quarters, and the seven sixteenths. Um, it's important when you get to those goldens and those labs crosses, okay? Anyway, of our current 28 puppies, huh? Oh, thank you so much. Our current puppies in training are being raised by 12 college students, most of whom are pre-vet students, but we also have business majors, engineers, speech pathologists, and education majors. Um, raising the puppies, there are high school students, elementary school, stool, school students, and our adult raisers come from all professions, including physician assistants, veterinarians, teachers, computer engineers, business owners, lawyers, cosmetologists, stay-at-home moms, dads, and retirees. Um, it truly takes a variety of people to raise these puppies. Without talking further, I'd like to introduce our puppy raising panel to you. We have four amazing raisers, include, and myself, which makes five. Um, we have Sue, Abby, myself, and we have Elizabeth and Colleen. Um, Elizabeth and Colleen are not going to present their stories. They're just going to help answer questions, okay? Um, we will have plenty of time to answer questions at the end of this, so if you'll just hold on, or if you want to ask a question as the person's going, please feel free to ask, and we'll come around with the mic. Without further ado, I, we are going to start with the youngest raiser, which is Abby, and we will work our way to the oldest raiser in the panel. Hi, I'm Abby, and I've been raising dogs for about five years. And I'm currently raising my fifth puppy. And it's been a journey for sure. <laughs> so my household's very busy. We've always been pretty active. A lot of things going on constantly. We can also be pretty calm. It varies week to week what we're often doing. And I want to be a puppy raiser because my parents didn't really want another pet dog, but I wanted a puppy. And so my plan was like, oh, I'll just raise a service dog, and that way we just give it up when it's older. That way I get my puppy, but you guys don't have to deal with the another pet dog. And I chose Guide Dogs for the Blind because I saw a puppy out in public and thought it was just the coolest thing ever that one little puppy comes so much when it was older. So I was about eight when I first saw that puppy and wanted to become a raiser, but my parents decided I was a little too young, and so they held me off until I was about 13 when I finally pushed them and pushed them like, hey, let's get a puppy now. I'm old enough. And they finally called guide dogs and got a number for one of our leaders. We got a hold of our leader, and then we started going to meetings, and that was about five years ago. So one of the cons of puppy raising that I've discovered is the constant training. 
it's really rewardful to be constantly training, but it can also be kind of a stumbling block sometimes. The puppy's always with you 24 hours a day, always making sure it's not eating the food bowl or chewing on a sock or chewing on something it's a tie to or it's a leash or just barking its head off because there's no good reason. And you always got to keep track of them and what they're doing constantly. Um, you also have to plan ahead when you're going out. If it's going to be too hot out, you should leave your puppy at home. If it's going to be feet of snow, you can't take your puppy out because it can't really walk. And deciding what to do with that puppy, if you leave it home, whether to crate it or go at a different time or everything like that. Also, when you go out of town, you decide whether or not you want to bring your puppy with you or just leave it with a puppy sitter throughout the sit. You also have to leave public places if your puppy is too distracted or stressed out of its mind or anything like that. You just need to get up and go. And that can be pretty hard whether you're really involved in something. But something I really don't mind doing because these puppies are just so amazing. One of the cool pros about being a puppy raiser is the awesome community you meet in your club. Everyone's super helpful. Everyone's everyone to succeed. Everyone is so of like, oh, how's your puppy doing? How's your puppy doing? Oh, my puppy did this, but don't worry. It's just a phase. Everyone is just so excited. When new puppies come into the group, everybody wants to pet your puppy and hold your puppy. First meeting you go to, you're not touching that puppy for a minute before it gets passed around everywhere. Everyone wants to help. So if you don't understand a training concept, you can go to one of your fellow raisers like, hey, can you kind of explain this to me? And they're always so like, yeah, let me show you what I did. I had this issue also. And just be really on top of helping each other. And it's so cool to watch our group grow. When I joined, we had like seven dogs. And now, like Vicky said, we have like 28, almost 29. And it just has gotten so much bigger. And it's just so cool to meet all the new people coming in and all the reasons why they're raising and how they're raising as a whole. Also, you get to have so much fun raising these puppies. It is a blast. Once you get a hang of it, you're not stressed out about what my puppy's doing. It just comes easy and so much fun. And you also get to change lives while raising these cute little puppies that you never thought, oh, I could raise a dog, but this is a service dog and it's different. And it's really quite cool to see how awesome these dogs can really become when you put just a little bit of work into it. And it really teaches me a lot of responsibility. I started really young. I didn't have much responsibility, but raising these dogs have given me a lot of confidence and a lot of self-discipline. And you really got to stay on top of it. And it's really made me grow a lot as a person. For anyone wanting to see whether or not they pu- pu- become puppy raisers, is just try it. If you just try it once, you can kind of know whether or not you want to or not. If you don't like it, then oh well, you tried it and it's not really right for you. And that's okay. This is not for everyone. But if you try it, then you know like you're going to fall in love with it. And it's something that you are not going to really have an opportunity to do wherever you are. This isn't worldwide. It's more of a located spot. So it's a really cool opportunity to at least try it and become a part of it. You have nothing to lose by getting involved in a puppy group, but you have absolutely everything to gain from it. You gain the amazing people, and you get to meet these puppies, and it's just really awesome. So just try it. It's really quite fun, and I'm sure you'll love it. Most most memorable experiences I've had as a puppy raiser is dropping off my first puppy. While it was really hard to do it, it was so amazing to drop off that dog and kind of see what it's going to do. So I went home that day and like, I want to do this for as long as I possibly can. So yeah, it's hard to give them up, but 
it is the most rewarding experience of the guide dog puppy. People always ask you, like, how do you give up the puppy? And to me, it's, the most, it's hard, but it's the most right thing to do when you raise these puppies for a reason. So you need to send them off and let them complete that reason. So when I dropped it off, I decided that's what I wanted to do. Like, for the rest of I possibly could, that's what I wanted to do. The most, I wanted to help everyone succeed and have a dog go back because it's just so amazing and wonderful. So all the puppies are hard to give up. It must be my favorite part of puppy raising. And that completes my story. Who's next? Yeah, that's you, Vicki. Yeah, that's you. We had two other people that were supposed to be here today, but due to the holidays, I must have forgotten, although they may be here soon. So um, I'm going to try to talk about my puppy raising experience next. Um, I have that Nicasio, who is somewhere here, is a brindled lab, and he's my 17th puppy um, of my adult career. Alhambra, who I did not think was going to be here, is a yellow lab, and she is my 18th puppy. Um, and I have two puppies right now because Alhambra needed some extensive dental work done, and Reno has an amazing dental um, dog dentist. So she came to Reno for her, her dental work, and now she will go off to another razor, hopefully this week. All right. My story of puppy raising has lasted over 40 years. Um, my first memory of dog guides is as, as a six-year-old watching Girl Kelly on the wonderful wor- world of Disney, thinking, I want to do that. I want to raise a German Shepherd just like Kelly. Right? Right? German Shepherd people? Right? Okay. So, I know. It's amazing to see these shepherds. Um, I read books. I read stories. I did everything I could to find information out about raising guide dogs. When I found out that I lived too far away to, re- to raise for the seeing eye, because I grew up here in Reno, I was devastated. I could not believe it. So I was talking to an aunt who lived in San Rafael, and she said, well, guide dogs for the blind is in San Rafael. You can raise for them. And it was like, cool. Well, my parents did not think that was cool. <laughs> okay, um, Dogs belonged outside. And I said, well, maybe not. So anyway, there was a presentation. By the time I was 13, so seven years later, um, a presentation was being put on by Paul Keysbury. For those of you from GDB, you might remember Paul. Um, And he came up, and I was sold. My mom was sold. My dad took a little bit of talking to. But it ended up working out just fine, obviously. Um, My first guy, Doug for the Blind Puppy Training, came to me in 1975. He was a golden retriever. His name was Raleigh. (laughs) And he was just amazing. We had many adventures together and had quite the year. When Raleigh went back, of course, it was devastating, and I cried um, because that's what 13-year-olds do. And my parents said, well, I don't know that you can ever do this again. And I said, well, really? I still want to raise. And a month later, I got my first German Shepherd dog, Walt. (laughs) Unfortunately, neither Walt nor Raleigh made it. Um, Raleigh had cataracts, and Walt was just too much dog. Um, But had I had Walt now, with the positive reinforcement, I think he probably would have made it. Anyway, um, I finished raising like three or four of the puppies back then. 
Three of them made it as guides. The rest were career changed. And I raised a breeder also for guide dogs for the blind. Um, all German Shepherds, thank you, except for Raleigh. Um, fast forward. In 2003, my younger son decided that he wanted a puppy. I had given up puppy raising in 1988 to raise my family. He decided it was time for a puppy, much like Abby. Um, and I said, no, because we are never home. And he said, well, if I raise a guide dog puppy, the guide dog can come with us everywhere we go. <laughs> Sound like Abby? I said, okay, um, I can give up a puppy. Can you? And he said, yes. So that started my career um, as a puppy raiser. Are you about okay back there? I know. Are we okay? Okay. <laughs> right. Shoot. Okay. Looks like everybody's good and safe. Excellent. All right. So we started raising puppies, and we've considered, continued since then. Um, like I said, my son raised with me for the first eight puppies we co-raised, and then he went off to do his other things, and I continued just because of the passion I've had forever for guide dogs for the blind and for puppy raising. Um, puppy raising is more than just fun, and helping out is addictive. Watching each puppy mature into a dog they are meant to be is self-rewarding, and seeing them go on to another career to help others is exhilarating. While there are difficult times, diarrhea, some sleepless nights, and standing in the cold, wet snow, waiting for a puppy to relieve, and not just play in the snow. Okay. Can you guys see that picture in Reno with the puppy in training as an eight-week-old? Okay. The hardest part of puppy raising is not recall day. Um, but if or when a puppy is career changed, knowing that not every puppy is meant to be a guide dog or service dog is a given, yet it does not help the heartache when it is determined that the path is closed to your wonderful puppy, especially when that CC is for medical reasons that does not allow the puppy to go on to other service dog organizations. Some of the best things about raising puppies for guide dogs for the blind besides the puppies are graduation, meeting the new partner, yes, you guys, other career opportunities for our puppies, the socialization and basic training they receive before coming to our homes, including the relieving patterns, color response, and handling. I don't know if that, how many of you guys have ever had a puppy puppy? Anybody? Uh, okay. All right. So puppies don't come with a, an instruction manual, and they usually don't come with any collar training. Well, guide dogs trained puppies now come with full collar response and they actually know how to relieve on command and are usually housebroken within a week, just FYI. So it's kind of nice. I also love the wonderful new um, positive reinforcement protocols Guide Dogs has come up with. I love our CFRs, our community field representatives. And I love the support for vet services and monthly preventive medications. I could probably go on and on, but I won't. I don't think there are any negatives to raising puppies at all. Just slight challenges. To pick a most memorable or unique puppy raising memory would be too hard because there were many. The puppies, the people, the events, and the daily adventures, I love them all. I think what I really love most besides the puppies is meeting my new friends, bringing in friends and family into the group. As a teenager, my younger sister and I both raised puppies for guide dogs for the blind. And now, my older son and my sister both raised puppies for guide dogs for the blind. So it has become a family affair. 
in addition to all the wonderful new people we have made, met throughout the way. Thank you. Okay, Sarah, you're next. All right, one of our long lost puppy raisers arrived, so I'm going to let her go next. All right. Um, my name is Sarah, and I think of the bunch up here, I am the newbie. My uh, first puppy we got... Oh, I'm sorry. There we go. Um, I've been raising, I think, about 18 months now. We're currently on our second puppy. Our first puppy is due to graduate on July 22nd, I believe. So looking forward to that. So we had Mildred. Now we have Fiona. And Fiona um, is not with us at the moment. She is in heat, so she's gone back to guide dogs for the blind for the moment. Um, our household dynamics, we um, have been quite a transient household. Uh, so we were pet-free, and um, in a previous life I was a veterinarian, so that just was not sitting well with me. And we're having to do a lot of traveling. Um, my youngest son is on the autism spectrum and had some issues with animals and things. So we were an animal-free household for many years. And then the opportunity came up. We had a friend from school who was raising guide dog puppies. And we thought this might be a good way to introduce an animal into the household, see how it goes. Um, my son is a swimmer. We travel a lot. And the idea that the dog could go with us was really great. So the original thought was, we'll do some puppy sitting and see how this goes. And then one day the phone rang, and it said, the person on the other end, I believe it was Vicky, said, we have a puppy that needs an, em an emergency placement. Can you take it? Tuesday. <laughs> I hadn't talked about any of this with my husband yet. I was waiting for a good time. <laughs> so... <laughs> No time like the present. On Tuesday, we brought home a little puppy, and how do you say no to that? Um, the great news is, is uh, my son had matured to a point that he absolutely adores the dogs now and is really good with them, and it's just been a fantastic experience all around from that. Um, we also have a son, a college-age son, who um, we moved to Reno after he was in college, and we didn't see much of him. Reno was not home. But put a puppy in the picture, and guess what? We got a lot of visits from our kiddo. So that was a, a wonderful unintended effect, just having more family time with everybody. Um, the pros... Puppies. What's bad about puppies, you know? Cute, fuzzy puppies all the time. I mean, it brought out a side in my younger son that we haven't ever seen, so that was amazing. Um, it's been, a, we travel a lot, so it's really easy to be able to just bring the dog with us, or if it's something, there's always a puppy sitter available also if you need one. Um, the challenges, definitely we've had our share of waiting on the side of the road for a dog to go to the bathroom. <laughs> It's hot, it's cold, it's whatever it is. Um, wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, those are what memories are made of. Some of those moments we have a good laugh about still. Um, really enjoyed the people we've come in contact with. Uh, I think in any other environment, we'd just be the crazy dog people. And it's, it's, I think I found my tribe, so it's pretty great that way. Absolutely. Um, 
I'm trying to think of our most memorable experience. I think our most memorable experience was taking a dog that was very finicky about relieving on a trip to Las Vegas, and she really didn't care for the um, relieving accommodations. The fake grass just wasn't cutting it for her until we got in the middle of the Venetian, and the marble floor was really familiar to what we had at home. <laughs> and we, had, we scooped her up and ran through the whole hotel to the parking lot and made it okay. But uh, and she was a little too big to be scooped up and carried, but desperate times call for des- desperate measures. But that's my quick and short puppy raising experience. have not had the um, privilege yet of attending a graduation, so my puppy's graduation will be my first one. I don't think the being hysterical is just for 13-year-olds. I think I'll be crying the big ugly tears, too. <laughs> but i um, super proud of the, the change that our dog is going to make in someone's life. So that's my story. Hi, I'm Sue Landreth, and I I did kind of introduce before we got started. Um, I've been raising since 1989, got started with my 13-year-old daughter. After we had um, spent time visiting at UNR when they had field days with guide dogs, and I kept saying, gee, I really want to do this, and we were able to do that, and our son raised with us. And then those rotten kids grew up and moved away. And my husband and I have continued to raise. um, Now we're on puppy, well, our family. Puppy number 35 is under the table here. And um, we have, we're retired. We're some of those retirees. And currently she is the fourth puppy that we've raised with a couple from Truckee who found it easier to come to meetings in Reno than to go to where their meeting was in um, Nevada County, which was Nevada City. So we've, we've done four dogs together, which works out fine. They're retired, we're retired, and we coordinate our vacations so that we know who's going where when. Uh, we... We have raised four dogs. We had um, the first one with them, uh, graduated as a guide. The second one um, is a breeder, and she's having her second litter of puppies in August. The third one was career changed because her real life was playing. (laughs) And Wailani is our breeder's daughter. Um, The pros and cons of raising... I'm a puppy addict, and I didn't think that I could have enough dogs in my life if I just raised my own, had my own dog, and you know, every 15 years or 12 years, you got another one. So every 18 months, we get to have a brand new puppy, which is just wonderful. And I think probably anybody that's been in doing raising for a while has at least one career change, if not more, at their house. One of those dogs that, for whatever reason, didn't make it and you couldn't part with it. And I have a nine-year-old at home that does pet therapy. Um, One of the things that I like about and have always liked about raising is uh, 
the wonderful people that you meet. You meet and you get to talk to so many people out in public and like um, Abby said, the people in the group are always a lot of fun. It's enjoyable, but it is not something for everybody because it is a uh, time, I wouldn't say consuming, but it is a very um, something that takes a lot of time to do because we have uh, a meeting every month, an outing, and a skill walk every month. And up until the time your puppy is at least 20 weeks old, you need to come for a puppy check every week. So it, it, it does take some time, but it, the rewards are really, really great. And the question that I think we all get asked uh, often is, isn't it hard to give give up the puppy and I can say yes the first puppy is absolutely awful when we had to give up Darren who was our first dog who was probably the hardest dog we ever had to raise because we were so inexperienced and he was such a hard head that we had people that had given up multiple dogs over the years and they were crying because we were so hysterical and, and yet he made it as a guide Mr. Hardhead Darren and I think what sealed the deal as far as us being raisers probably until we can't do it anymore, when, we were, when Darren graduated, his uh, new person, when the graduation was over and the visiting was over, walked us to our car. And we had a little chit-chat, and he was flying out to Ohio with Darren, and he said, well, I've got to get my buddy a drink because I didn't give him any water because I didn't want him to have an accident during graduation. And he said, well, I'm going to go now. And Darren was on his left. He took his right hand and made the forward sign and said, forward, Darren. And they, <coughs> they walked off down the, the street as if he could see. And if it had been a movie... The, the violins would have crescendoed, and we all looked at each other and said, well, that's why we're doing it. And that's been, not all, do not all of our dogs have made it, but that's why we do it, because it's fun, and you, you do, I, don't, I don't even know how to sum up the, I get a lot of times when people say, well, God bless you for this, and I'll tell you, I'm getting the blessings from, from doing this. Thank you. I'll let you hold that. Okay, that concludes our, our, our information part, or just talking about puppy raising. Um, I would like to re introduce some other people in the audience. We have Brooke, who is a first-time puppy raiser. Brooke, if you'll clap so that people know where you are. Okay, good. That's good. So, and that she has an eight-week-old golden retriever <laughs> that she will be happy to pass, a, I mean, bring around. <laughs> um, and then we have Alicia, who is sitting in the back. Just clap so they know where you are. Good. So that's good. So, and she does not have her puppy with her today because she came from work. Um, <laughs> so... So we would be happy to bring the puppies around for you guys to touch, play with, um, whichever. Or we can just answer questions, whichever works best for everybody here. 
Well, of course you want to see the golden prostrate, but does anybody have any questions for us before we start with the puppy? Yes. Yes, so that you can... This is uh, Vicki. I'm the one who raised six puppies for Seeing Eye. I'm also a graduate of the Seeing Eye. So this is a bit of a two-part question. First of all, does uh, Guide Dogs for the Blind have any um, blind or visually impaired graduates as puppy raisers? And one of the things that we've always done in our puppy clubs is to help the sighted, those sighted puppy raisers, to, to do certain things to prepare puppies to to be a part of a blind or visually impaired person's life and also not to do other things. Uh, In other words, eye contact. Um, A blind or visually impaired person may or may not be able to establish eye contact, um, you know, with their puppy to gain control, that type of thing. Also, the the very common thing, and I brought this up to the folks in my puppy club, is they want to go to their puppies, you know, to get the attention. But this is something that we deal with all the time in the public, and people want to do this to our dogs. And it, it's, it was something that actually our club, they said, you know, we just never thought of that. And the general public constantly wants to try and distract our puppies through making those noises. Well, our dogs, they're always puppies. Um, but so I just wondered if there's any, what, what you do as a club to help, because obviously you're not blind, and you should not be expected to know the difference, you know, as far as how a blind person or visually impaired person interacts with their puppy, you know, uh, day in, day out. But is there, are, are there any activities that you may do um, to help this puppy uh, prepare him or her to be a part of a blind or visually impaired person's life um, without using uh, direct visual cues? Yes and yes. Was that good? Is that good? Um, <clears throat> does anybody want to answer that? I'm going to answer the first part of that question, and you guys think about whether you want to answer the second part of the question. Guide Dogs for the Blind does have blind people who have raised puppies, visually impaired people who have raised puppies. Some handlers actually have puppies in training in their house with their guides, and some of them raised prior to losing their, their vision and then got guides. So we have, they have a variety. Uh, of people that are raising dogs. So yes, and I think it's very important that we do a lot of what you're talking about. But let me see if somebody else wants to answer that question, okay? Anybody want to answer that question? Which, which question was that? Well, I'm answer the question first, and then I'll get to your question in the back, okay? So the other question was, what do we do so the dogs are more used to the public and blind people? So in a nutshell, we proof out commands meaning that we put kids or, or our razors, we, yeah, we put them, um, we do use blindfolds. <laughs> we actually put our razors in blindfolds and they have to do different things with their dogs. Um, we do things like putting sunglasses on, um, turning around and making sure the dogs actually know the commands and are not using body cues only. So we're doing all sorts of those little things to get the dogs ready. The smooching... We can now do it when they're baby babies. 
we discourage that after they're 12 weeks of age. We also use positive reinforcement to get the dog refocused on us ASAP anytime in public. So the dog, if we have that random person that go, hey, can I pet your dog? And you say, no. And they come up and hug the dog anyway. And the dog, and, and our puppies are pretty well trained by the time they're 12 to 16 weeks that if a person looks at them, they look at their handler and we walk away. So that's kind of what we're trying to do to get the dogs ready for their new partners and for that random person who will distract them. Okay? Um, I'm on my first guide dog, and we have a puppy raising group where I live, and they sometimes take Jenna if I'm not if I'm going someplace, I don't want to take her like four people in a car going to a, a wedding in L.A. and turning around and coming back right away. So they get her. But they take, sometimes they take outings like to San Francisco, and they have a list of things they have to do. But they take a couple of blind people with working guides, and they, the puppy raisers get to see this is what they're training the dog to do. Because sometimes they don't have that experience. They, they're raising a puppy. They don't know anybody who's blind that's using one. And so they get to see what they're doing. And the first time I went along, um, there was somebody in the store watching the puppies and watching Jenna. And he said, wow, what, what, you know, this is the goal. They were telling him that they're gonna, these puppies are going to grow up and work like the guide dog. And um, I think that individual, whoever it was, may have done some donating to guide dogs. Sorry, baby. I think I stepped on it. And that is correct. I think um, handlers that come to our meetings are wonderful. We love them because they really give us another perspective. We have three or four people in the Reno area who um, come and join us frequently. And it is really positive. I know I joined... um, the GDB, no, the Guide Dog Lounge um, online email group and it has been eye-opening for me as a raiser on what our puppies will be expected to do when they are living with a blind person. Um, so I think it's very important that we are very well aware, aware of it and we keep those communication lines open, which is why we encourage all of our puppy raisers to come volunteer here this week. Mm-hmm. Any other questions? Questions? You have to talk on the phone, but my boss told me. Okay, your skill training um, monthly that you do with the puppy raisers, Mm -hmm. can you tell us more about that? Sure. Who wants to talk about it? I don't want to talk about it. Abby. Abby is a junior leader, so she's got it now. I'll become an official leader in August. Um, So what we do on these skills... Yes. What to do on these skilled outings is we split up our group because it was so massive that normal outings were just we couldn't see every dog, and so there were problems being missed. And so what we did is we took our leaders and we assigned them about six or seven dogs each, and our goal was to see these dogs once a month just by themselves so we could keep an eye on these dogs, make sure they're progressing nicely, give the raisers a lot more one-on-one time so that they have any issues they don't be like, oh, well, I can't go to the monthly meeting. Like, monthly meetings are, or all the questions are asked. They don't want to, like, bother people asking all the questions. And so that way you kind of see, 
you'll see the handler's skill a lot more in a small setting and see if they're doing anything with the dog that you want to talk to them about. Like, oh, you shouldn't quite do this. Like, try this instead. You'll have a lot more success with it. It's also really helpful for first-time raisers when they're full of questions. Like, every 30 minutes they have, like, 100 questions to ask you. And it's nice to be able to give them that one-on-one time without them feeling overwhelmed and they can't mention these questions because there's a massive group of people in front of them. And we take these puppies out into public places so they can really see the dog is distracted when people are just petting it without asking, kids bolting around them, water splashing, birds flying down, all those different things to really make sure the dog is doing well and the handlers are handling the dogs correctly. Um, there was an article in the paper about you... Um you can't, you can't just talk. Okay. 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 Um, Where well you had taking taking the dogs to the op. There was an article in the paper where the Reno group took the puppies to an orchestra. Um, yes. Yes. Can you tell how was what were the dogs' response? Who wants to talk? Yeah. Yeah. How many went? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Okay, we get to talk to the raisers. We don't have to do it. It's somebody else's job. And we really get out in the public so, so that people can see us, which is beneficial for the dogs and for the public. No other questions? Yes. Bring her on the public. <laughs> is that what you want, Karen? No, I was going to ask questions. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious. I know that there is some puppy raising. Can you hear me? Oh, this is Karen Wood. Um, I know there are puppy raisers in in prisons. Uh, I do some volunteer work in a prison, and they have four puppies being raised there at the time. I just wonder how that works since they're in such a, a confined environment. Do you know anything about that? Um, Guide Dogs for the Blind does not have that program. What I do know of the pro- program that I've heard about is that the prisoners have the dogs during the week, and puppy raisers in the community go and pick them up on the weekends and socialize them out and about is what my understanding was. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So that's how that works. All right. Any other questions? Yes. <laughs> of course you can. All right. So we only have one baby puppy, and then our other... Oh, sorry. Yes, ma'am. I was just going to congratulate you on taking them to a music event. My very first guide dog had never been exposed to a musical situation. And I was at college, and I went to a black spiritual music concert. And the usher put me down in the front row so my dog would have room to lie down in front of my feet. And the conductor led the black choir out on stage and they started to sing Rock My Soul in the Bosom of Abraham. And my very large black shepherd lab cross stood up and howled. And so I had my arms wrapped around her trying to hold her mouth shut. And the, um, the man who was conducting the choir was the man who wrote the music for Lilies of the Field. Uh, famous spiritual song, Amen. So he walked to the front of the stage and he leaned down and he patted my dog on the top of the head and said, Soul Sister. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, when I went to a banquet dinner and they had a strolling violinist with this dog, he sat up beside me. He would not stay down under the table. He sat up, his ears were up, and he watched the violinist walk around. The whole time he was fascinated it was almost as if his little German shepherd brain were going, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so All right. So if you don't have any other questions, I'm just going to have the puppy raisers walk around, visit. Um, I will have Brooke walk around with her baby. Her little golden's name is Jamalia. Is that right? Oh, okay. So if you guys will come out, we'll see whoever. Um, Sarah does not have a puppy currently. Her dog is in season, so she's currently on the guide dog campus in the kennels. Colleen has North, who is Nicasio's brother. Elizabeth has Rody. Um, um, uh, let's see. Rody is eight months. North is ten and a half months. Abby has Nicasio because her puppy came from San Rafael um, with kennel cough, so he's in quarantine. Um, and she has Nicasio, my other puppy, and he's 10 and a half months. And then Sue it has Waylani, and she is 11 months. Waylani. Way, 
No, why Lonnie? Sorry, it's, it's why Lonnie. Sorry. Yes. So no, we do not raise puppies. We do not name puppies. Puppies come named. Um, and my understanding is there's about 2,100 unique names out for guide dog puppies and guide dog um, working guides and breeders. Therefore, we don't even get a chance at, at naming. So they come pre-named by litter letter. All right. Okay. Walk around. Brooke, Brooke, you have a request over here in the corner first, and then we'll start working around. And everybody else, if you'll walk around and just visit and answer questions. <laughs>